0: This is Laura Lee Rourke for the It's Not About Food podcast. I really appreciate you being here today. And uh, we're going to talk about satisfaction, sort of like the Rolling Stones. You know, I can't get no satisfaction, but this is about, yes, you can get satisfaction. The front of the card is the goddess is standing under, it looks like an apple tree, and there's a lot of apples all over the ground and all over the tree, and she is just in the abundance of apples and of food, really. It just seems like she's very happy with this situation she's in right now. And the little deer is looking at her and just sort of being satisfied with her. And on the back of the card, satisfaction is knowing exactly what you need in the moment and giving this to yourself. When you can identify exactly what your body hungers for and give this to yourself without restriction and judgment, then you will experience satisfaction. What your body is hungry for may be different than what your mind thinks you should eat or what you are emotionally craving. So for me, this card represents the idea in recovery that is that our bodies know. Our bodies know what is right for us. Our bodies know when we are moving our body the way that it wants to be moved. It knows when it's cold. It knows when it needs to go to sleep. It knows when it's happy. I mean, our bodies have more wisdom than we give it credit for. That beautiful innate wisdom that the body just carries. I mean, I don't have to tell my heart to beat. It knows to beat. Now, my mind is thinks it's in charge of everything and does want to tell my hard to beat and never stop beating, but it doesn't get to call the shots. The idea of satisfaction is the wonder of my eating disorder recovery that I did not expect. I just thought once I was able to recover from an eating disorder, I would never have any food that I liked anymore. I would never feel good and satisfied with food anymore because I would always be wanting food or something that I wasn't having My idea of a recovery was very, very limited. So when I went through the recovery and found out, no, you know what, it's about experiencing satisfaction. It is about the joy of having food in your belly that your body really loves and having a wonderful experience of being a human and having a human body. So today I'm so glad to have Stephanie here with me today, we're going to talk about satisfaction and I'm going to introduce her and she's going to tell us what she's been doing and where satisfaction showing up in her
1: life. Hi, all, I'm Stephanie Brooks and I am a dietitian in the San Jose area. My group is called Bay Area Nutrition and we're a group of dietitians that work with pretty much any nutrition related challenge problem. Diagnosis, let's say. And we practice from a health at every size. We do believe that recovery is possible and also an intuitive eating perspective. When all of that makes sense, we also will practice from a family based therapy standpoint for our younger folks who need the family support. I'm so grateful that (laughs) Laura Lee invited me to come. On the podcast. It's such an honor. And I was even so happy she let me choose a card. (laughs) I thought I was going to be assigned one. So I was quite satisfied that I got (laughs) to pick a card. (laughs) And I picked satisfaction. I'm not sure exactly why, but I think with our current situation with shelter in place and with a lot of the uncertainty, I know for me personally, I went through, and I imagine a lot of you could relate to this, a lot of like, you know, grief, frustration, anger, like, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to, blah, 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 whatever the blah, blah, blah is. And was feeling, you know, kind of down in the dumps about all that. And then I was thinking, okay, Steph, you need to get your, you know what, this is not <laughs> helping you. This is not healthy. And so, what is it you need? And then actually, it was interesting. It gave me pause to sort of think, okay, what does my body really need? What's going to make it feel satisfied? And dwelling on the, woe is me, everything's hard right now and can't do what I want when I want and blah, 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 was not what my body or even my mind was uh, right. needing. Yourself. Money. And then my family was kind of going through a similar thing. So I thought, okay, what can we do from a gratitude and a satisfaction pausing. What do I really need? And so one of the benefits I think of our shelter in place right now is it has provided me when I talk to others, I hear the same thing, some sp- more space and time to kind of think. Whereas before there was so much automatic pilot going on and we are just reacting and like, oh, it's okay, you know, I'd feel a grumble in my belly. Oh, time to eat. Okay, well what should I get? Oh, well, this is here. Okay. I'll eat that and then move on. And if you do that a lot with food, and I'm sure we could even go into other areas of light, but if you do that a lot with food with, oh, I'm hungry. I'm just going to grab this, whatever the, this is after a while, your body's going to be like, yeah, this is not working for me. I don't like it. And often you'll see kind of this rebellion. And this is where sometimes there can be sort of a, An out-of-control feeling about eating where all of a sudden, sort of like your body is kind of shaking. You're like, hey, you're not listening to me. Come on, let's get with the program. I need to be paid attention to. Enough of the the fill-in-the-blank food, whatever it is. Or the the fill-in-the-blank life. Like, you know, do you
0: even like your job? Do you want to go to school? Do you like the person that you're with? There's like this whole thing that's happening right now where people are saying, if I can be on Zoom to do my job, do I even want to live here? Do I even want to be in this town or this house or this anything, this state?
1: Or even just spend that much time at my car.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, or on
1: Bart or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, exactly. And
0: yes. so I think that this is a really, oh, I hate that thing about, well, in really terrible things come really good things. Sort of like that's a little too cut and dried or too pop. So maybe it's more like, well, this is a good time for you to ask yourself, what do you want? And since you're home, maybe you can get it for yourself. And since you're home, maybe you can talk to somebody. And, now, and since you're home, like a lot of times... I hear birds right now that I don't think I've been hearing before this because there was so much traffic, and now there's not any traffic, and you can actually hear the outside. It's really beautiful.
1: And or do you have the ability to sort of pay attention to more that you you are hearing the birds? Were they always there? But we're so busy, we don't stop. That's to right. Listen to the birds or smell the roses as they often. It's will just say.
0: amazing to me. I never really thought, but it stands to reason there was so much noise before. Now that noise is just kind of settling down. I'm so glad you brought up that about the health at every size and what that is like, because I think that people get very confused with that idea. Mm -hmm. And tell me how you work with that idea.
1: So some people will get confused and instead of looking at it from a health at any size, they'll say healthy at any size and and a few other renditions, which isn't quite right. The idea behind that is to sort of honor yourself with wherever you're at. This could be size, body size. This could even be body ability to sort of honor that and take care of yourself to the best of your ability and desire. But this isn't from a healthism standpoint. This isn't like, well, because you have, let's say high blood sugar, you need to only eat like this. It's like, no, 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 that's not it. It's taking into a lot of, a lot more considerations. It's not black and white, it's not cut and dry, but it is, and, and from a practitioner standpoint, it's honoring your client with where they're at and where they want to go, but also then speaking about what's sort of what's the reality of a possibility. Like, for example, for me, I do not have a great back. I've struggled for quite a long time with back issues. And yes, that has brought me grief and frustration and anger. And even at times I'm going to say hatred for my body. Yeah. Cause you're mad at it, that it's hurting you. Yeah. And, and I can't do some of the things I want to do. And stupid me would, would try those things anyway, and hopes that, well, maybe it'll work out this time. Well, right. anyway, <laughs> and then all that did was kind of dig me into a hole. So instead of fighting that my body would say like, okay, now you need to like, go lay on the floor and put your legs up on the couch, which part of me is like. Well, no, I can't do that. I don't have time or I don't want to, or I should be able to not have to do that. Like who does that? And now I've learned like, oh, if I actually pay attention to my back or my body and I take those times to lay on the floor with my legs up, even if it's five, 10 minutes, then I'm better able to do things and I'm more comfortable and I'm less grouchy. My husband would attest to that. (laughs) And then I'm not maybe using food to deal with the woe is me, life sucks, this isn't fairs story. And so I think for the health of every size, it's like, okay, for me, even though it might be healthy to do certain types of movement, meaning like, okay, it's actually not because my back has a limit. So honoring where I'm at and even my desire, like I hate moving Indoors. I mean, I just, blah, you know, hate it. Get me outside. So, this doesn't mean like if for whatever reason I can't get outside, I have to move inside. Otherwise, I'm not being healthy. It's like, no, it's so it is listening to not just my ability, what my body calls for. Well, that's actually a lot of it, honestly. And then seeking out real answers to health and well being to people who would support you in that. So I'm not sure I really answered that quite
0: well. No, you did. And what I really hear all through your answer, which is so beautiful, is when I say we are a health at every size organization, what people hear is they somehow put the weight in there. The word weight goes in there. But you're talking about a back, Or you're talking about not being able to be outside and having to go inside. You're talking about something other than weight. But we're so weight conscious in this area. And when you say health at every size, that means, oh, I can be really fat and be healthy. Or I have to be fat to be healthy. Or if I'm fat, then they say I'm healthy, but I'm not. You just like can really mess with that whole idea where it didn't say any of that. It says, what's the best thing for you? What's your best? Is it outside or inside? Is it lay on the floor and put your legs up or not? I mean, to me, that's what's so beautiful about your answer right then. It just didn't go into dieting or weight management or anything. And I think that's very refreshing. (laughs) Because people hear dietitian and they think diet. Nutritionists, they hear diet. They hear health at every size, they hear diet. That's what we hear. Weight and diet. Weight and food all the time. That's what everything's about. But it's not.
1: And that connection of us if you're a certain size, that means you are considered healthy. Looking at a person's body... Will determine health. Well, if we look at my back example, you could be across the size spectrum and have back issues or not, or not. You could be across the size spectrum and have blood sugar challenges or not. I think freeing, when we do that, when we kind of look at the whole picture, and if we stay on the focus of size, body size, we miss the boat of everything else, in my opinion, more important Mm -hmm. to look at for satisfaction in living.
0: Right. It's almost like we need a new thing other than health at every size. We need like a new logo, like health at any person (laughs) or something, you know, (laughs) it's sort of like the size is the thing that makes everybody go, you know, so
1: yeah. But if you read the tenets of Health at Every Size, it's pretty clear. So I would encourage if anybody wants to learn about this more, to go to the ASDA website, which is the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. Because,
0: you know, if you have, to me, like I'm going to be 69 next month. So there's a lot of things that I can't do anymore or I don't do anymore because of the age that I'm in. I was just talking about this with somebody else. I don't eat the way that I used to even 20 years ago. It just my body doesn't work like that anymore. But I am healthy anyway. It's not about my size. It's not even really about my age. It's just what is happening. There's nothing that I did wrong or bad. or I just lived long enough to be 69. That's
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. And more, hopefully. Yes. I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the thing is when we look at that and we can become more attuned, there's intuitiveness, there's mindfulness. And I think even attuned, which I do like, and I know Deb Burgard kind of um, coined that term. So if we're attuned to our body, when we get to that space, that is where we're able to really hear and the body can kind of freely tell us and we can hear what well, this is what I need. And usually it's, it's a whisper. <laughs> so we sometimes have to pay close attention and hear those whispers. But as you become more attuned, the volume goes up. Not that it's yelling. Well, I imagine it might yell like my back has yelled at me before. Like what the hell are you doing lady? But anyway, um, that's <laughs> thing. and this is where I think Again, a benefit to slowing down is it allows more space and quietness to be more attuned. Whereas we're busy doing this, running from this thing to that, finishing up this paper, studying for that exam, doing the dishes, taking care of our parents, whatever it is we're doing in life, even like diving into a TV show. And not that I'm saying anything that's wrong, but it's like if if we if we're so packed full of things to do and distractions, it's really hard to then hear.
0: I love that whole thing that you're saying because you said that your back will sometimes scream at you, but you know, probably before it got to screaming, it was saying, <laughs> "Excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, miss." <laughs> Stephanie, yes. come
1: home. <laughs> and I would consciously ignore it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this one more thing. I'm just going to do this one more thing. Or I'm just going to, it'll be okay. Or I'm so distracted that I honestly didn't hear it or didn't listen. It probably a little both. Then it screams. Just like if we look at a little kid who, you know, our babies. Like if, if any of you have babies in your life or have had babies, when they start to get hungry, there's quieter signals. And when they're little, they might start rooting on whoever's holding them, you know, (laughs) whether you're the feeder or not. Um, They might start chewing on their hands and then they might start having a funky, grimacing look. And then the cry happens. And perhaps even the wail. And even older kids like toddlers or preschoolers, they might start getting a little whiny and irritable and not focusing and then pretty soon they're like a melted pile of screaming goo on the floor and you're like what happened and you're like oh
0: it's so true
1: we forgot lunch or whatever so I think we can learn a lot from children in that regard
0: we can learn (laughs) a lot from children on all of these things because I actually tell people when they say I don't really know how to eat I don't know how to listen to myself I just watch a kid Because they are the best intuitive eaters ever. Unless something has happened to them, they know exactly what they want. They know exactly when they're hungry, and they are full as soon as they're full, and that's that. Or satisfied. You know, once they're satisfied, then they're done. And you go, "Well, there's more cake. Well, I can get more cake tomorrow. I'm done now. You know, so completely
1: different. Get my Legos, or right, Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah, right. And you're right. I mean. I remember in my recovery thinking that the signal for my hunger would be like this major burning bush, you know, it would be this really loud noise. But it was a very subtle that I just didn't feel good. I could bypass it and wait. But if I wanted to really get that first signal, I had to listen. It was very subtle, and then that would build on... What my body wanted, and then that would build on. Then I was satisfied. So it was to get those subtle signals took a lot of attention, which, quite frankly, I didn't want to always pay to myself. Right,
1: right, right. And we're kind of not taught that in our world. Not at all. And with an eating disorder, we're taught to deny, and we're taught like this is where our mind and whatever mm-hmm. words, text, stories we've adopted will get in the way. Where those subtle signals of, Hey, you know, I'm getting a little peckish. I mean, I don't have clients who will say, well, I don't, I don't ever get hungry. And as we explore it, it's like they get some subtle signals in the beginning. They're like, well, the only way I know is I'm hungry is I'm feeling dizzy and lightheaded and really cranky. <laughs> and Impressive. I'm like, okay, well that is, that's like my back screaming at me. That is, you've waited too long so we'll we'll back up and practice listening and and this is where the mind gets in the way because those subtle signals of a little rumbling or a little like oh wait i'm kind of thinking about food that really goes against the eating disorder because it's not okay to think about so Oh, i kind of want a ham sandwich yeah oh okay no ham ham's not allowed or you know, yeah. bread you it's against a
0: lot to eat bread here yeah. in california
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's really not, people? <laughs> it's really not,
0: but it feels oh, like sometimes lesbian. it is.
1: <laughs> and so it can be confusing when we're having all these messages around us to really listen to within.
0: Right. And this all leads us to satisfaction, that when we listen within, like you're saying, whether it's about food or what you want to do with your life right now, that it's all about, well, what will make it satisfying to me? It doesn't have to be black and white. It can be, this is good for me right now. And we get so stuck on, well, then that's how it is forever. Well,
1: no. Well, yeah. And that's a really good thing. It's like, okay, you don't have to do this forever. I think when folks are starting to listen in the beginning of recovery, sometimes it is like, well, I don't really know what I want. Well, maybe I want this, maybe I want that. And that's okay. It, it, it can be confusing. Like for example, when I was learning, I'm going to go back to my back as an example. Okay. Oh, it's starting to ache. Okay. Well, do I need to lay on the floor? Do I need to just change chairs? Do I need to stand? Do I need to take the Advil? You know, what? what is exactly. it I need to do? Do I need
0: to move or do I need to be still?
1: Right. Maybe I experiment a little bit with food of, okay, yeah, that sounded really good and I ate it, but you know what? It didn't last very long. So that part of it wasn't satisfying. I I was left hungry sooner. So, okay, next time, what do I want to do about that? So part of this is also a learning opportunity. So listening and learning, but without judgment. And that's the key of, oh, kind of like you're a scientist doing a little bit of an experiment here. Oh, okay. I'm going to conduct little experiments. I'm going to collect the data. I am not going to interpret anything yet. I'm not going to conclude or put some spin on it. I'm going to just sort of let the data come in and learn from there.
0: Well, what you're talking about is that to let yourself have whatever it is without the judgment about it. And I find that was probably one of the hardest parts was to let go of the judgment I had about myself. had a lot of shame about my body and about eating. Well, just about my whole existence, really. (laughs) But when I could let go of that judgment and go, what's the data? Like you just said, what is the data coming in? Then it made it pretty much easier if I could do that.
1: And the data from your experience, not what some... But he else said it should or shouldn't or a book or a chart or any of that said. It's been interesting as a dietitian, like sort of growing up as a dietitian, if I don't know if I could say that, but over the years, you know, still to this day, if I meet someone and they're like, oh, you're a dietitian, you know, if we're at a social gathering, they'll be like, oh, well, why are you eating blah, blah, blah? You're a dietitian. Right, <laughs> So, there's no law as a dietitian that says you can or can't eat. You know, it's like, well, I'm not allergic to the thing. So, it's going to be fine for me.
0: Isn't that funny how we get so separate? And assumptions.
1: Stuff. Yeah. And assumptions of, oh, you're in a bigger body or you're in a smaller body. So, you must eat like bum, bum, bum. And, Lord, well, Lee, yeah, I can imagine that it would be so hard. Like you shared with your recovery, like the judgment. That, I think, is super hard because not only do we have it within ourselves, we're living in a world that is smacking us in the face with judgment about food, about body, and about everything else. You know, about wearing harm. a mask? Yeah, wearing a mask. Did you pick the right paint color for your bedroom? Oh, my God, I didn't. Really, people?
0: We're like a whole nation of hall monitors. <laughs> <laughs> But never looking at ourselves, only looking outside. So we're sitting in a little corner in the hall going, that person's not doing this, and that person's not doing this. And it's like, well, what am I doing, or what am I not doing? And I can remember when my mother was dying, I would fly from California, where I live now, to San Antonio, where I grew up. And I did that about every three weeks to see her. She had Alzheimer's. One of the things she loved to do was smoke cigarettes. And I was on board with that all the way. The nurses would say, I don't think that that's good for her. I said, I don't care. I'll shoot her up with heroin if that's what she wants, because she is in bad shape. It's okay with me. She can have jelly donuts. She can have cigarettes. She can have a glass of straight scotch if she wants it. But anyway, I would light her cigarettes for her because she wasn't allowed to have matches. And then she would smoke them. And I can remember somebody coming out and going, I thought you were a vegetarian. Here you're smoking cigarettes. And I said, well, the cigarettes are not meat cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) So no need to get upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to think about the connection between animal and tobacco there, but yeah. That's right. Well,
0: because I was in a slot and the satisfaction I got from my mother having a little bit of her thing that she wanted to do far outweighed whatever anybody thought that she should or shouldn't do, or I should, should, or shouldn't do. So to me, that's the whole point of this is to be satisfied with when you give yourself something that it makes you feel good all the way through and be satisfied.
1: And I think that that is part of the key. You mentioned feel good all the way through because we could feel good, like in an impulsive moment, but then not feel good later. And that may be okay. It's like, okay, well we learned, you know, there's been times where I've like, okay, had too much wine. Like it was really good in the moment. And then Later on, I'm like, that was a bad decision.
0: Well, you were still
1: receiving data. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but I was ignoring. Let's say my data of I right. am kind of getting too much, and because my, my taster was like loving it. But anyway, and I was like, okay. Well, now I know if I do this much wine, this is the result. I will feel this way later or tomorrow. Okay. So, what do you want to do about that stuff? And is there a way to enjoy the wine but not feel Crappy, later. And guess what? There is. For me, I I found my sweet spot of like, okay, this is the amount of wine I can enjoy. And guess what? I can have more tomorrow because I sell more than one bottle. Do you know that? That's right. (laughs) And the same thing with food is somebody maybe makes a pan of brownies. Oh, and brownies are really good on the first out of the oven. But there's probably a certain point where you're like, I kind of feel sick if I eat a certain amount. Maybe, maybe not. And so then, okay. And as you're going into this with your eyes wide open going, okay, it's worth it for me to feel sick for a while. Okay. But you can't beat yourself up about it. You can't beat your body up or what you did. No, it's just like, okay, I know if I keep eating like this, this is going to happen. And I'm willing to accept that and move on. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And If we
0: go into it like that, with this sort of open heart, open-handed, open-minded way, I found that I could hear that signal a lot sooner that said, you know what, one more bite, not good. Let's make this our last bite. I'm good. I'm satisfied. Let's go and dance now. Let's do something else. And you can get more later.
1: And I think that's the other thing that we, well, with eating disorders is, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get this again. It's like, no, 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 tomorrow or in an hour or whatever it might be.
0: And to me, again, if we get away from the idea that there is a perfect size or a perfect weight or a perfect food or a perfect way of eating or being perfect at all, if we can get away from that, we are much more satisfied. It seems to me that that's how bodies are. They're like kind of messy like that. They're they're not going to fit in a little box. They're going to do whatever they want to do if we let them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm wondering if you knew or if you had been like this as a little girl at some point thinking, oh, what am I going to do with my life? I'm in this body or I'm in this household or I'm eating this way. And is there a way that I'm going to ever get through this and sort of be okay with myself or satisfied with myself? If you... Could talk to her, what would you say, given who you are now?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, as sort of the oldest, and my mom had some mental health issues, and it was, of course, hidden to us because in the 70s and 80s, you don't share any of that stuff. You know, it's taboo. Exactly. Which is so actually damaging. But anyway, I was not allowed to have feelings and had to sort of. Be raised with the independence. So you have to be independent, you have to take care of yourself. Not that I was neglected per se, but had that streak. And I think I burned myself out older by going, doing, going, doing, going, doing.
0: uh uh-huh.
1: And that's not healthy. You need to stop and rest and you need to stop and reflect. And you also need to consider what you want versus the people pleaser. You know, and I think often young women. I can't speak for young men because I never identified as male, but as um, identified female my whole life, I felt conditioned, not overtly, but covertly conditioned of Sure. make sure, look out to make sure everybody's happy and doing okay. And they're taken care of. And then once everyone else, whoever everyone else is, is all okay. Then then you can kind of go okay well what do i need and if there's anything left over get that
0: so you got 10 minutes to do this <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so i i would want to coach her and sort of the other kid the other young folks probably that were receiving the same conditioning um if you will like wait a minute here there can be more and it's okay for you to go first it's okay for you to say, you know what? I'm actually not able to do that because I'm drained out, or I know I want my share of the pizza. I don't want to have to be polite and just have a little sliver when it's okay for the others to have more or some or whatever, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, there's such a weird thing about that. Yes, I mean to me, it sounds like what you would be saying to her is. It's going to be okay. Take care of yourself first. Put yourself first. You're going to be okay.
1: And that's the other thing is kind of going through things blind, not really realizing this probably until honestly, probably early thirties. I was still on that track of go do, go do, go do. And it's like, wait a minute here, this is not sustainable. And i healthy for me or others, you know, so to speak. The, the whole adage of on the airplane, like put your oxygen mask on first.
0: Revelation for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. It was like, wow, really? That's allowed. I want to say, so I had my daughter when I was 36 and I remember, and, and she was early. It was a pretty challenging birth and talk about having a plan. I had this beautiful birth plan and it was like, Somebody <laughs> took it, they threw acid on it, sent it through the shredder and then lit it on fire or something like that. That's kind of like what I envisioned and what happened. On one level, it was a great lesson the universe provided me to experience what I look back at. It. Now, in the moment, I was like, what in the world is happening? And I remember when my daughter was young, my mother-in-law would often come and she'd want to come about once a week just to kind of... Hang out and be with her, which was great. And I remember feeling guilty if I wanted to do something for myself, whether it was just go on a hike by myself or go take myself out to lunch or meet a friend or something. And I remember struggling with this. My father said, Wait a minute. Irene is coming to take care of your daughter and she's capable. You trust her? Yeah. So what's the problem, Steph? And, and I'm like, I don't know. And I think I said, I think I honestly said, well, I feel guilty because as a new mom, I'm supposed to be here all the time sharing my mothering essence over <laughs> my daughter. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, she's going to grow up thinking I abandoned her. It's some talk me. Oh, thing.
0: I know. It just goes into some crazy
1: story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the one thing my father said, and it still stays with this, and this is one thing I share with new moms. So any of you out there, this is Bob Brooks wisdom. (laughs) He said, Stephanie, what's good for you is good for Sophia. Oh, wonderful. So you do what's good for you, and that will be good for Sophia. And Sophia's my daughter, if you guys didn't figure that one out. And I'm like, oh, and so just hearing that, gave me permission. And so I would go do things. And my mother-in-law loved it because she got to spend some alone time with her granddaughter versus me hovering over.
0: Which is what she wanted in the first place.
1: <laughs> she did. And, and then it provided a great relationship for them to grow on. So it was great on multi-levels. Yeah. So sometimes you need to hear it from someone else. And the way my dad said it was great. I was able to hear it Yeah. too.
0: And that's... You know, this is what if you're a young girl sitting on your bed going, oh, no, this is not going to work out for me, whatever it is, or you're a new mom and, oh, no, I should just be stuck with this baby all the time. Oh, no, you know, no matter what, it's like, what is going to bring you satisfaction? That is the key. And let go of the judgment of whatever it is that you're doing and see if that's really what you want to do. Yeah. And
1: spoiler alert, if you do listen to what will bring you satisfaction, you'll tend to be, I mean, a little happier and more satisfied with other areas of your life too. So, so it like trickles into other areas.
0: So are you satisfied with what you've said so far?
1: I am. Are you?
0: Yeah. Any last minute
1: thing that you'd like to do? Or say anything you didn't? Well, one of the things I just want to emphasize is our mind is amazing and it could be the biggest thing that gets in our way.
0: That's right. It's a real know-it-all kind of a guy, isn't it? (laughs) It's kind of like one of those people that just always want to tell you everything. And you're like, wait, let me figure out some stuff myself. Yeah. So would you read the today I will at the bottom of the card?
1: Today I will practice asking myself what my body is hungry for and listen to the answer that my body gives me. I will give this to myself with total permission and notice my body's response. It is physically satisfying and it does feel good in my body.
0: Fabulous. Well, Stephanie, I am so very glad that you came on today to talk about this uh, really satisfying subject (laughs) of satisfaction. (laughs) Thank you very much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you. Take good care. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's notaboutfood.com. Thanks.